0: You're listening to Rockland Community Church, connecting all generations to Jesus. Proverbs, chapter three, verse five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. For in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. The word of the Lord. Bill Offer was the head of maintenance for the Boulder Point Golf Club and he couldn't believe his eyes. Bill, because he's head of maintenance, was called out to help an errant uh, driver on the golf course, and so he is expecting to find a golf cart with a flat tire, but he was astonished when instead what he saw was an Amazon delivery truck stuck in the golf cart tunnel on the golf course. The Amazon driver got lost, got so discombobulated that he mistook a golf cart lane for another road, and his onboard GPS kept going, rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. And so finally, he made his fatal mistake and turned into a tunnel designed just for golf carts, and his Amazon truck got stuck right there. (laughs) Unbelievable. Maybe the Amazon driver has an undiagnosed condition of developmental topographical disorientation. That's a real thing. Developmental topographical disorientation means that a person's brain is incapable of forming a mental map. In other words, with DTD, a person doesn't have an internal compass. They leave their house, they go two blocks, they're totally lost. When I was reading about that, I just kind of self-diagnosed and wonder if I had episodal DTD. One time I was staying with some friends in Spokane, Washington. I went out for a run before the, the sun came up. I did my run. I went back to my, my friend's house, and the front door was, was locked, which was weird because I had left it unlocked. So I rang the doorbell, and to my surprise, an elderly woman answered the door, wasn't my host, and she seemed to get a bigger shock that there was this tall, bald, sweating guy in shorts on her doorstep at 6.30 a.m. So she has this look of alarm on her face, and then I see her husband coming up behind her, and he looks loaded for bear. He, he looks like I need to start explaining while I'm on their doorstep that morning, or he's going to pull out Mr. Smith and Mr. Weston and tell me to get off his property. So I'm backing up, and I'm saying, I'm sorry. I'm staying with Dan and Paula, Bonnie, and I, this obviously isn't their house. And they said, oh, you're staying with the Bonnies, Dan and Paula. They're great. They're just a block over. You must not be from around here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, they invited me in for coffee and Danish. So, you know, <laughs> some people are just lucky, huh? And uh, so where do we go when we get lost in life? Where do we go for Guidance. You know, life can be an incredibly strange journey sometimes with twists and turns and surprises. There's all kinds of life-altering major decisions that we have to make, and many times we don't feel like we have enough information to make a great decision. You know, where to attend college, am I going to marry this person? Should I get divorced? Then there's career, there's parenting, there's finances, you know, all these kinds of things, and it can become overwhelming. And sometimes it seems to me that we suffer from developmental spiritual disorientation in life. So this month, Rockland is studying wisdom from the teachings of of Proverbs. And wisdom is about guidance to make intelligent and prudent decisions in life. So this morning we want to focus in on Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That happened to be my father's uh, favorite scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight." Trusting God, the fact of the matter is, it can be a major spiritual hurdle for us, can't it? We have a hard time trusting others whom we can see, so how much harder sometimes is it to trust God that we can't see? Then we sometimes put the face of an authority figure who has hurt us or disappointed us, let us down, and we put their face on the face of God, and that erodes the ability to trust God. Sometimes it's a major spiritual hurdle to trust God. It's interesting that the Hebrew word in this Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 for trust is related to the the Hebrew word for refuge. In other words, trusting God means making Him my refuge, making God my safe place. Trust means being confident in, being at ease with, being without a care and in the Psalms it uses the word picture of resting in the Lord like a baby rests in the arms of its mother that that's the picture of what trust is. Then in the New Testament we see an example of trust when Jesus was sleeping in the boat during a storm so severe that experienced fishermen like Peter thought they would drown. Trust is a heart issue isn't it? That's why the scripture says trust in the Lord With all your heart. The Hebrew word heart is the center of a person. It's who we are at the deepest level of our being. From our heart flows our decisions and our our feelings and and, uh, our thoughts and our values and our worldview. In other words, our heart is who we are at the deepest place of our being. Elsewhere in Proverbs, it says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. Our life is directly tied to our heart. So if our heart is filled with anxiety, we will go to no ends to expend energy to try to make ourselves feel secure from risk. On the other hand, if our heart is at rest and trust in the Lord, then we can be filled with joy and peace and freedom. It's interesting that God said in Jeremiah 29 13, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. The alternative to trusting in God is that we trust in self. That's why the scripture says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. Understanding is how we perceive life, it's built upon our intellect and our knowledge and our observation. Now, God's word by saying, trust not in your own understanding, it isn't saying, don't think, don't use your head. That's not what the scripture is saying. The scripture tells us to love the Lord our God with all of our mind. We are to use our heads for what God designed them for, and that is thinking. But what this verse is saying that we must admit that our perceptions, our observations, our knowledge, our education, our intellect are limited. Especially in comparison to God's unlimited intelligence and knowledge. When we trust in our own understanding, we're not tapping into God's amazing power, which stands ready to help us. The way to avoid developmental spiritual disorientation is to trust God. We all sometimes get spiritually lost in life, don't we? And we lose our way for a while. How many of our perceptions are not accurate when we look back and we have more of the facts than what we had in real time? Studies suggest many of our perceptions are misguided and ill-informed. When Coley and I were first married, I was a youth pastor in Seattle. I loved being a youth pastor. Show me an unhappy youth pastor and I'll show you a youth pastor that shouldn't be a youth pastor. You know? Uh, I mean, other than sleepless nights and low pay and irate parents, what isn't there to love about being a youth pastor? So one summer, I took the youth group to the Seattle Zoo And I had several parental chaperones, predominantly mothers, because it was during the day. And we went into the reptile house, and two of my volunteers, Kathy and Paula, were looking at the snakes, and they were holding on to each other, and they were obviously a little bit scared. This was Seattle, so I had an umbrella. So I... I was a youth pastor. I enjoyed being a youth pastor, you know? If you're not going to pay me much, don't expect much. <laughs> and, and so I took the umbrella and just kind of went up and down Paula's leg, and I, <laughs> and I watched her stiffen, and she said, she said, Kathy, don't look down, but something's crawling up my leg. <laughs> and. Uh, Eventually, Paula and Kathy and I had a great laugh about that, eventually. And uh, uh, actually, actually, uh, they went on the next outing, you know. They had no common sense at all. Well, when we lean on our own understanding, folks, with our own perceptions, we're going to mistake umbrellas for snakes. That was my big point for that story. (laughs) Again, you don't pay much, you don't get much. That's the way it is. You see, we need to use the brain God gave us while it's wise to acknowledge the limits of our perceptions, our observations, our knowledge, and our intelligence. Only God sees all. Only God is omniscient. Only God knows the end of the story. And only God knows all the details of the situation. You see, life is too complex to navigate without the Lord's help. Therefore, trust in the Lord with all your heart. So the scripture instructs us to acknowledge Him. To acknowledge God is to prioritize, seek, and cooperate with God. So let me ask you this question this morning. Are you facing anything that looks impossible in your life? Can we lay aside our preconceived notions this morning and acknowledge that this snake just might be an umbrella and allow God to be God in our lives? So netting it out, the scripture is saying, be confident in the Lord. Place the Lord at the center of your life. Rely on God more than your own perceptions, observation, knowledge, and intellect. Prioritize, seek, and cooperate with the Lord. If we trust God and keep him first, God promises to guide our lives in life-giving paths that end in ultimate and the highest good. The supreme example of trusting God is Jesus. Jesus trusted God completely even to the point of death, death on a cross. And Jesus, because of his trust and obedience that we sang about this morning, rose victorious over death. He's now at the right hand of the Father and praying for us, has a name above every name, the book of Philippians tells us, and literally billions of people around the globe and in history have been transformed by the power of Jesus' name. But none of this would have happened if Jesus would not have trusted God with all of his heart in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before he was crucified. Where he showed trust was, Father, would you take this cup from me? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. That was trusting God with all of his hearts. Friends, it's easy to trust God. When we're laying on the beach in Hawaii, we've got an umbrella drink and we're holding hands with our soulmate. That's pretty easy to trust God in those circumstances, isn't it? But the test of our trust in God is when our teenager isn't home at 2 a.m. and the phone rings. Huh? At that point, will we run away from God, take back control of our lives, and trust in ourselves, or will we double down like Jesus, trusting in God with all of our heart? So where in life right now are you struggling to trust God? Could it be finances and career, marriage, family, health, the future, what would it be? This morning in a few moments as we fellowship with the Lord in worship around Holy Communion, I encourage each one of us to give over that issue to God this morning and to choose to trust Him and to rest in Him with all of our heart. So, just in closing, let's get practical about trusting God. Trusting God means both taking brave action in life and embracing a confident attitude, trusting God in all circumstances of life. Remember the disciples, they were in the boat on the Sea of Galilee without Jesus, and then in the middle of the night it says that Jesus was walking on the water. And then remember Peter said, Jesus, can I come out and walk on the water too? And Jesus says, come. And Peter gets out of the boat and he's walking on the water until the scripture tells us he takes his eyes off of Jesus, he puts them on the wind and the waves, and then he begins to, to sink. This story teaches us that trust grows when we focus on Jesus, but fear grows when we focus on the problems. What's interesting is brain science talks about that, which is a, a whole subject for a, another day, the, the connection between body and soul, and why it says in Romans to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. But there's an interesting TED talk by David J.P. Phillips that talks about brain um, hormones that are, that are released, and he calls it the angel cocktail or the devil cocktail. The angel cocktail is oxytocin, endorphin, dopamine, things where we feel love and joy and, and hopefulness. And then the devil's cocktail is cortisol and adrenaline fight or flight where we're stressed, we're having a hard time thinking, we're irritable, and these kinds of things. What's interesting, what my point here is, is when, if they would wire up our bodies this morning, as we're singing together beautiful music uh, with, with Susan and Heidi. And wasn't that beautiful? Isn't it great to be back together again? I am so glad you're not wearing masks. That freaked me out. <laughs> it's so nice to actually see your, your faces. But anyway, when we sing together, oxytocin... And uh, endorphins are released into our bloodstream. When we go into the fellowship hall and we have donuts and, and, and coffee, you know, we have the, 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 the sweet, doughy dopamine going into our brains. And it, it, it's true. And when we laugh together, those, those kinds of things are, are released into our brains. And so, in other words, folks, there's, there's a, a mind-body-soul connection here That one of the takeaways this morning is when you're really afraid, sing one of these songs to yourself. And you say, well, I don't have a very good voice. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And I do that. Somebody's driving by and look and you're singing and they think you're crazy. That's their problem. You know, what they think is none of your business right there. And so we can understand that uh, that trust is something that literally helps our bodies, helps us deal with stress. So Peter's example showed us that brave action and confident trusting in Jesus is what trust is about. And when when Peter began to lean on his own understanding, what's his own understanding? It's impossible for human beings to walk on water. Wouldn't we all agree with that? Yes, absolutely. But what he didn't take into account is all things are possible with God. And that's what was happening there, trusting God because he can do what we cannot do. So where in your life is God calling you to trust him by taking brave action? Then are you choosing in the face of adversity, are you choosing a confident attitude, trusting fully in God? You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Nebuchadnezzar, the narcissist, the king of Babylon, with his 90-foot-high statue, and everyone was to, to uh, worship it and bow down to it, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said they weren't going to do that, and he said, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace, and they said, remember what it says in the book of Daniel, that they said, God can deliver us and God will deliver us, but if he doesn't, we still won't bow to your idol. That's trusting the Lord with all your heart you see trust is built when we have a clear view of who God is who is God the Bible says he's all powerful he's all wise he's compassionate and gracious he's slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness God is just and righteous God is holy God is our father nothing is impossible with God you see big trust is rooted in an accurate picture of who God is that when we face fear, we need to go back and remember, who is God? Trust chooses to believe God that is bigger than the problem. That's who our God is. Trust is also built when we intentionally root ourselves it, deeply in our identity as God's beloved children. That I am made, the scripture teaches, that I am made in God's image. That God knit me together in my mother's womb and knew every day of my life before it was there. God knows my name and has etched it on the palm of His hand. Uh, I am a sinner, but God in His love has provided Jesus as a Savior to set me free from slavery to sin, Satan, and death. I am a child of God adopted into God's eternal family by the blood of Jesus. I am the apple of God's eye, the Scripture tells me. God has chosen me. God loves me. That's who I am. And so when life is scary, remember who God is and remember who you are, who God says you are. And then remember that God isn't out to punish you. And I'll be talking about that next Sunday in Proverbs 3, 11, and 12. And uh, God doesn't abandon me. Yes, life is extremely unfair and difficult at times, but God is with me and God is for me, the scripture tells me, and God promises to bring good out of all circumstances in life if I will trust in Him. So the question of the day is this, will I trust the Lord with all my heart? Our daughter, Becca, when she was 10 days old, had to go um, into uh, the pediatric ICU. She had RSV, it's a respiratory virus and, and we couldn't touch her for several days. She was in that little incubator deal. She was at Queen of the Valley Hospital in West Covina, California. And I remember when the doctor told Colleen and I, the next 48 hours will tell us. And it's like, tell us what? And said two things. One, if she's going to make it, and then number two, will she have long-term lung problems? It's a Catholic hospital. We went down in the chapel. Colleen and I got down on our knees, and we, we gave Becca over to the Lord again. And said, Lord, please heal her, but if not, help us to trust you with all of our heart. And I can tell you that Becca obviously lived through that, and she played soccer and different sports, and no problems with her lungs. And I can tell you today, decades later, that the Lord is still with Becca and helping her. I'm here to tell you, in other words, from my personal testimony, God is trustworthy. God is trustworthy. The last time I spoke here at Rockland, two people said they're disappointed in my message, which, you know, it was only two, so I felt like it was a good morning. (laughs) Do I keep track? No, 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 not at all. They're disappointed in my message because I didn't show any pictures or tell a story about my granddaughter, Peach. So yeah, you thought it was something worse, didn't you? I don't know why you'd come to that conclusion. (laughs) So here's a picture and a story. This is a picture from just two weekends ago. That's uh, Peach right there at her fifth birthday party. I can't believe she's already five, by her dear friend Beatrice, who's next to her. And it was their survival-themed party. And the purple team was made up of uh, predominantly Peach, her young friends, and uh, their moms. And I was on the green team that was made up of Peach's uncles, Jesse, Randy, and Pedro, and the older cousins. So our stacked green team crushed those little girls on the purple team in the three survivor challenges. Hey, no judgment here. It's America. <laughs> we live on competition. It was good for him. I'll help her grow up. <laughs> After the three challenges, Peach's dad, my son Dan, who will be in the next service, said, we have a surprise. We want to declare the winner a survivor today. Then Dan nodded to me, and under my breath, I said, so my team could hear it, I said, one, two, three, and then in unison, we said, Peach. And it's at that moment, that's where the picture was taken, that this unbridled, innocent joy, she began to spontaneously jump up and down uh, You know, just so excited, and it's a moment I'll I'll never forget. We have it on a video, too, where she's she's jumping up and down. She was so happy from the depths of her sweetheart. Don't you just love the innocence of childhood? It's just so good for our souls. Here's the point. Peach won, not because of her performance, but because she is dearly, irrevocably, crazily loved. And that's why we should trust the Lord with all of our heart, not because our performance is perfect, because it's not, but because you and I are so dearly, irrevocably, crazily loved by our Abba who is in heaven. He so loved us, he sent his son to die in our place. That's how much God loves us. So can we choose to trust this God of love who loves you with all of his heart in all circumstances of life, no matter how dark and scary it gets? Trusting God with all my heart isn't always easy, but it's always the ultimate good. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we move now into Holy Communion, we we hunger and thirst to fellowship with you, to have our spirit and your spirit connect spiritually, and to be filled afresh with the knowledge deep in our souls that you love us, that you're with us, And that you'll guide us through the valley of the shadow of death in this life. And we will be with you forever in your home in paradise. Thank you for each person here, Lord. And even if we're barely hanging on with two fingers and trusting you, thank you, God, that even a mustard seed of faith is enough. And we bless you. So, Lord, during Holy Communion, Lord, we're here seeking you and we thank you that we'll find you when we seek you with all of our heart.